0: Welcome to Happy Inside, it's Michelle here, bringing you 10 years of clinical experience in gut-focused therapy and embodied psychotherapy. We're talking about the behavioural and psychological aspects of gut disorders, chronic conditions, chronic stress and anxiety. All those conversations you've been waiting to have are happening here. All right, let's have a little conversation about, I don't trust my body. I know you don't trust your body. I know you believe that you have all these gut symptoms and it's got nothing to do with you. You don't know why it's happening. It's happening outside of your control and influence and you're doing everything possible to make it stop. You're seeing every practitioner under the sun. I know. I know. And yet, the gut is still reacting, right? Still producing all these symptoms. that's driving you crazy. You just can't get away from it. I hear you. But here's the thing. I know you think I can't trust my body. There's a deep belief system in there and that you don't even like your body. You know, this is yeah, uh, You've got to a point where, you know, there's some resistance against your body and you don't want to know about it. You want to disconnect from the body as much as you can. I'm going to let you in on a top secret secret. It's not your body that you can't trust. It's the mind. <laughs> you know what, the body is just pretty much along for the ride for the most part. I mean, you know, genetics play a part. Obviously, you can't determine those. You can, however, determine whether some of those um, genetic factors switch on or not based on the environment they create, you know, you create in your body. But ultimately, your body is like, the vehicle and you're the driver, you're the one in the driver's seat behind the wheel deciding how fast you go, which direction you go in, you know, whether it's a smooth ride or an erratic <laughs> one, you get to determine this. It's up to you. So the body the body's okay actually. And I know you're me thinking I don't believe that. The body's okay. You just got to get out of its way. It knows what to do. The body is incredibly intelligent. So intelligent, so smart, so clever. It is working 24/7 um, to maintain homeostasis for you, it's so smart. It needs you to get out of its way so that it can do its job. Stop interfering with it, right? So let's talk about the things that get in its way, that it perceives as interference or that it, you know, it limits its capacity, um, to function optimally. Stress. Stress, stress, stress. Oh, my God, so much stress. And you know what? We're in the middle of a pandemic and uh, there's definitely waves, like fourth and fifth waves going through of this Delta variant and it's getting worse everywhere. <laughs> that, that's that level of stress on its own without the rest of the list that I'm about to rattle off, that'll do it on its own. Um, but let's look at the other things that get in the body's way of its capacity to function optimally. So worry, anticipation, all the things that go on up in the mind. Um, Unresolved emotions, because you know what? Emotions are biologically wired into you. And if you don't do emotions, they're there. They happen in your body. You, you can't deny them, but you can push them down. And when you're pushing them down, they're going somewhere into an organ, into a limb, into the muscles, you know, in, oh, my God, any part of your body. It's not like you kind of take them out and and pack them, you know, on a shelf or under the stairs or down in the basement. No, no, no. When you push emotions aside, they get stored in the body and, yeah, they really create a lot of hurdles, a lot of roadblocks. Um, criticizing the body, of course, (laughs) if your gut is not doing what you want it to do and you've been whipping it for years and years to make it do what you want to do and it's not doing it, then it makes sense that you criticize it, you know, it's unfair, I've You know, my gut isn't working for me. Why me? Why does this happen to me? Um, I don't like my gut or I don't like my body. I wish I had a different one. Yep, all those stories. Um, And going back to kind of separating yourself from the body or separating yourself from emotions, you can't do it. You're an entire human being. Um, so when you do try and silo or separate those areas of you, well then, you know you've you've interrupted the full system um, that you're meant to function in, and it doesn't work well. Um, and having unrealistic expectations of the body and the gut. Uh, you know, in saying that it should function this way, I want it to be doing this, and it and it should be doing that, and it's not doing that. Um. Now, that likely happens, you know, because of uh, the idea that diet is the only thing that's going to affect the gut. You know, it's really common in in narrow standard medicine, that if you have uh, gut symptoms, um, then you've had the investigations to rule out uh, any organic disease. And so then food gets blamed because your gastrointestinal tract is what digests that food for you, right? Uh, But it's a very limited um, idea, you know. And so I've seen many of you, and I've been down this path, where Okay, so let's blame everything on the food, which means we have to turn our food lives completely upside down, reduce our intake and our variety down to within an inch of our happiness, and then you're left with nothing, no social life, <laughs> um, no joy. Because FYI, I tell one of my practitioners um you know, that I, I, I'm happy to admit that I'll eat chocolate. Even if I'm on like a really limited diet for a protocol, I'm still eating chocolate. You know why? The excuse, the reason it's so valid. Joy. I said to her, chocolate for joy. <laughs> no, it's not because my body craves it. It's not because, yeah, it's joy. It brings me so much happiness. <laughs> um, and so, of course you know, when you are limiting foods from your diet uh, down and down and down, um, then you're expecting a particular result, right, which that can be unrealistic. If the issue is not diet alone, um, then you're doing yourself a disservice because you're actually then reducing the variety um, of of nutrient and um all the right things to keep your microbiome in balance. Um, So that's not good for you, right? You want to keep as much variety as you can. And so if it's a microbiome imbalance issue or a gut dysbiosis, then, you know, sometimes taking particular foods out temporarily can help, but you want to be addressing that root cause um, at the same time so that you're not limiting those foods for too long and having a negative impact on your microbiome um and then of course you know in my line of work you have things like stress exactly what we're talking about here and the effects of that on your gut so if you're slogging away thinking that it's only food and being told that it's only food and you must change your diet and you must take this out and it's gradually getting reduced and reduced and reduced and you're not getting the results oh i feel for you that is painstaking it's terrible And there's an expectation on your gut um, that's just downright unfair. So we want to have, you know, realistic expectations, right? And I guess in that same way, it's like pushing the body, um, you know, and not resting the body. So if the body is complaining, then we want to learn to listen to the body objectively. There's symptoms. The body will produce symptoms for a very valid reason. Um, it doesn't just do it for fun. (laughs) I'm happy to share with you that your body has no malice, uh, kind of ideas and objectives towards you. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't even, it has no uh, cognitive mind to think in that way. It is just functioning. It's doing the best it can to keep all the systems going and to keep the balance. Um, so if it produces a symptom, it's a great opportunity to listen. What is it? You know, like I, I bet lots of us are sitting at desks, you know, these days working from home, um, you know, maybe doing more sitting than we used to. And so we're getting tight neck, tight shoulders, tight back. So the body's telling us, hey, this lack of movement and this posture um that i'm sitting in all day um doesn't feel good for me i'm struggling with this so the the message that we want to take from that is oh well thank you body oh gosh you know i'm sorry and let's get some movement happening let's you know let's yeah <laughs> get something happening in the body to help make it happy again rather than just uh, complaining that oh now my now my neck and shoulders are sore. Well, they're sore for a reason. They're giving you a a message. Same with the gut, um, and it's about listening objectively. So if the gut is producing a symptom, then we want to understand well where's that symptom coming from. Um, did I? Uh, did I start with food? Did I eat something that my gut didn't agree with? Did I eat something that had a pathogen in it? Um, am I stressed? You know, am I holding and gripping on to the muscles in my stomach, uh, and therefore that's affecting my gut function? Did I have, uh, a, you know, an acute stress response where? You know adrenaline was pumped into my body um, and that affected my gut function. um you know there's there's lots of things that we would want to look at um objectively, so not just kind of instantly blaming this, but really getting curious and having a look at oh what could it be? and I know that you do that a lot, you're vigilant about what's going on, what's going on, and this is this is about taking the vigilance and the fear away. And instead, you know, looking objectively with some curiosity, trying to really listen to the body and to understand, what's the message that you're giving me? What do I need to know here? And therefore, how can I meet that need? And so pushing the body when it's giving you a message, of course, um, is only going to put more strain on it. So if the message is, hey, I'm really struggling here, then we need to provide that space for the body um, and give it the rest. You know, not just about your gut, but if you're exhausted, then your body's telling you, I don't have the capacity to keep going at this pace or this rate or intensity. I need more rest. If you're going to push me that hard, I need the matching amount of rest to rejuvenate. Yeah. Yeah. We are only like three-quarters of the way down the list. (laughs) These are all the things that get in the way of your body just functioning at its optimal level. Um, Interfering with natural bowel movements. Now, this is a big one. I see this so much. Uh, I do a lot of work with clients around this. What I mean is that your body uh, has natural signals or signals that are sent uh, to say, okay, there's some waste material here that needs to be excreted. So I'll send a message up to your brain um, to let you know that. And if you're in an appropriate environment where there is a bathroom available um, then those messages will continue to send and, you know, you'll go off to the toilet and your your um, bowel will have those contractions and you'll pass that waste. If, for example, um, you were out walking and weren't going to be home for another half an hour, well, then those those messages will also get sent back to the brain. So, okay, you know, it's it's going to be a little while and then, you know, in, in normal circumstances um, – the body will hold on to that uh, and then be able to pass that motion later on. So, of course, when we're talking about gut disorders and IBS, etc., then we come across um, things like diarrhea and constipation. And I would say, especially with diarrhea, this is where. Um, the interference behaviors come in, it's, it is about over managing when you're going to have a bowel movement so that you can prevent having a bowel movement at a different time of day. So for example, if you're leaving for work at 8am in the morning, um, and you don't want to have a bowel movement either on the journey to work or even at work altogether, uh, then you will get up it. Earlier in the morning, uh, you'll be thinking about your bowel. You'll be um, attempting to have a bowel movement or forcing a bowel movement so that you can prevent having one later on when your body is naturally ready to have one. Uh, And that can be the same for constipation as well. Um, You can definitely be forcing bowel movements when the body is not quite ready to have one yet. And that comes with its problems because... Remember, your body knows what to do. Your body is so intelligent. It doesn't need you coming in and facilitating things for it. In fact, your digestive tract is part of your autonomic nervous system, which means that it functions autonomously um, without any cognitive um, effort or input from you. It just does its own thing. Uh, so when you start interfering and forcing, you know, bowel movements when the body's not ready, well, then that definitely affects those, that signaling. Um, yeah, it affects everything um, over the whole course of your digestive processes. It's, it's unhelpful. Um, and I often work with clients around changing those interference behaviors Um, and letting the body get back to its normal function. And they find that its normal function is actually okay. It just went awry at one point. Like there was just one day that you got caught out at work or shopping or whatever, and you thought that you weren't going to make it to the bathroom and the fear and the panic set in. And so that's when those interference behaviors began. And before you know it, it's, you know, months and years in, and you've just been doing that forever. So our job is to revert back, to help the body revert back um, to its natural function. And part of that is you learning to trust the body. Um, Because remember, (laughs) the whole point of this episode is that you don't trust your body. So we want to get you back to a place where you can, because that's a really nice feeling. If you know that you can trust in your own body, then you don't have to be hypervigilant. You don't have to worry about things. And that hypervigilance is on my list as well as, you know, and that lack of trust because that's what happens. You're paying really close attention. I want you to get to the point where if I said to you in a consultation, hey, you know, when was your last bowel movement? That you'd have to take a minute to think about when that was because you were paying such little attention. Of course, right now you can tell me exactly you know, when your last five bowel movements were and what consistency each of them was and what it felt like and what you ate beforehand and afterwards. And I know that you have all this hypervigilance about you. And it's important to acknowledge here that that hypervigilance is protective, Uh, that you are keeping a, a close guard on everything, to protect yourself, um, to manage your life, you know, accordingly around these symptoms that feel unmanageable to you. Um, And this is where the behavioural part of my work comes in is a lot of those behaviours, we can call them safety behaviours. I've done a podcast on that before. Um, But those safety behaviours come from anxiety. They're anxiety behaviours. And anxiety behaviours actually reinforce the original anxiety. So they do give you – so how it starts is this. You have the anxiety, the anticipation or worry about something. You put in place a particular behaviour, so your safety behaviour, which means you might um, check where all the bathrooms are or, or use the bathroom twice before you leave the house. Um. And it gives you uh, a certain amount of relief. So it reduces the anxiety in that moment. Uh, But then what that actually does is reinforce that behavior. So now you have this reinforced behavior that I can't leave the house until I've had two bowel movements or I can't possibly go anywhere without looking up, first of all, where all the bathrooms are. I don't feel safe to do that. And so you end up backing yourself into this little corner into this little hole um, where, yeah, you you are required then to do an incredible amount of, you know, increasing safety behaviours so that you feel okay. I want you to feel okay without any of those behaviours. And there is ways around that, of course, um, much more effective ways to respond that not only, um, you know, take away the the need for that safety, but just they, yeah, we, we want you to feel content and calm and okay in the first place so that you don't even need to employ those behaviours at all. And that is really um, the objective of my work. So, you know, when people come to me with gut symptoms Um, So most of my work is around uh, gut symptoms, gut disorders. I do see people that have um, just chronic stress, chronic anxiety, you know, life misalignments, um, something they can't figure out, um, other chronic uh, illnesses or ailments. Um, There's pretty much nobody that I won't see because if you're a client of mine, you will know that you come to me for your gut symptoms and then, we actually attend to your whole life. Uh, the gut symptoms really are just the portal that take us to what's contributing to those symptoms. So, what the stress, anxiety, worry is, what the kind of misalignments are, the unresolved emotions, etc. So we're we're looking at that, but we're also looking at those behaviours. So are there particular behaviours that are contributing to exacerbating uh, the very symptoms that you're trying so hard to overcome? Uh, And it's inadvertent. You know, you don't know that these behaviours are actually contributing to those symptoms. You're just doing the best you can to feel better in the moment. And I get that. These gut symptoms are just... They can be ongoing and you live with them from day to day and meal to meal and hour to hour. Um, Yeah, they can really take up a lot of headspace. Uh, There's no doubt about that. So I wonder if you can see now that I've rattled off that list and, of course, there'd be more things that we can add to it, that actually... The body's fine. <laughs> it's not really anything that the body um, is doing. It's it's everything that is um, affecting the body. All of these things affect the body's capacity, you know, to function optimally. So if you recognised any of those on the list, uh, then, you know, come my way. <laughs> we can do something about that. Um I want you to know that there is an answer here, that there is a resolution because the nature of my work, the emotional, psychological, and behavioral aspects of gut disorders, chronic illness, chronic stress, and anxiety, other practitioners mostly don't talk about this, especially standard medical doctors. And it means that you're missing out on crucial information and that's not fair It means that you don't have the whole picture and the whole story, um, which, you know, therefore means um, you can't attend to every aspect and have the full chance at overcoming these symptoms that have really taken a hold on your life. So that's why these podcasts exist, to get this information out there. I know that these podcasts reach you. And you go, oh, someone's finally heard me. Oh, do you know how happy this makes me? I want you to know that you're not alone. You are definitely not alone. Your experience is so real and so true and there is a resolution. Please have hope in knowing that. A shout out to one of my listeners Aubrey Jean who left a review for this podcast thank you so much I wanted to share a few of those words here for you. Aubrey Jean talks about the life experience with IBS the difficulty with elimination diets and says somehow my dysfunctional gut managed to tell me food wasn't my problem. In the past few years, with some major life stressors, my gut became a source of complete misery. In the evenings, I'd be so bloated that I would be in tears to my partner, so fed up, so tired, and desperately wanting my body to be normal. Always Googling for new advice, I finally stumbled across Happy Inside, and I've not looked back. I've also incorporated reading, osteopath visits, a couple of acupuncture visits, and yoga and meditation. But the thing that gives me clear, encouraging, practical guidance and real changes in my thinking has been this podcast. One particularly amazing revelation was how emotional I became listening to Michelle describe coming home to your body. I encourage anyone struggling with their gut or any chronic pain to listen to all the episodes and consider the Happy Inside app too. I'm so grateful, Michelle. Thank you. Oh, Aubrey Jean, thank you so much. It is so dear to me to hear your words and your gratitude and so fulfilling to hear that I've reached you and had some influence in your life. Thank you so much. These reviews mean a great deal to me. I love hearing your experiences and... I know personally in my life that I review a lot of things before I buy them, engage with them, etc. I know we love to hear about other people's experiences, and I love to hear about yours. So please know that there are many avenues uh, where you can leave reviews. There's the Google reviews if you simply Google Happy Inside. There is, of course, all the reviews for this podcast, for whatever platform you're listening on. There is a review system there. Before you end, before you put your phone down, you can simply go on and and pop your review in there and your thoughts and your experiences Um, There's the review of the iPhone app as well. There's so many places where you can share your experiences to help inform others and to get that information back to me, which is so fulfilling. I really appreciate it. And of course, if you want to make contact with me, the best place to go is to my website, happyinside.com.au, where you can find links to Instagram, Facebook, Facebook, Um, The booking links uh, where you can go on and and make a booking for one-on-one consultations with me, no matter where you are across the world. I hope that we meet or make contact sometime soon.